All right, welcome back to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Fast Five. It is August 2nd, 2019, and we've got a great roundup of stories for you here today. We, of course, are joined, as always, by Anne Mazingo. Hi. How you doing? That's me. That's you. And, of course, Carter Jensen. If you're hearing us right now, this means that Chris actually figured out how to record a podcast himself. <laughs> yeah. Yes, believe it or not, for the listeners out there, I am actually running the audio and tech for this podcast for the oh, very first God. time. So all feedback can be delivered to Chris at <laughs> redarcherretail.com. Red That's right. Live from our third house podcast studio as well, right. which we'll be talking more about in the weeks to come. Uh, how was the week? Did you guys have a good week? It was a pretty interesting news week. In, we have some in the fun stories. Yeah, some yeah. Fun, kind of off the beaten path stories this week. There wasn't like anything major that happened, but some definitely some very fun, cool stories. I yeah. thought you were asking like how our week personal was. week, not about retail, but not, about not in the lens lives. of Mark Laurie. Or I had I had so many things to tell you. And well, I was. Carter, you know, like, Carter's I'm pulling back in the moment already. So you know, I've been waiting for this for the last 24 hours. You're, you're, <laughs> bated breath. He's ready to go. Yeah. Are you? Did you have something you wanted to bring up there, my friend? I I did. Oh. I was just at the Network for Executive Women um, Executive Forum in Florida this week, and it was pretty awesome. I have to say, there were some really great speakers there, and I was able to interview some pretty remarkable women for uh, our third house content that we will have on our site shortly. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So Anne, as part of our third house initiative out of Retail Lab, we're actually starting some new content for Third House, and Anne's going to be doing a special series focusing in partnership with the Network for Executive Women on women in leadership in retail and consumer product goods. So uh, if you're interested, come to the Third House in a few weeks. Check that out. We should have that content loaded probably in next week, actually, yeah, I would assume. That's the hope. Um, and lots of good stuff. Lots of good lots of good interviews, like to tease who Kelly Caruso, CEO of Shipped. Yes, Kelly Caruso, CEO of Shipped. Um, Abby Lersman, she is the Chief Human Resources Officer of Ahold Del Hayes, um, Karen Stuckey, uh, SVP of Brands for Walmart. We've, we've got a great lineup, so and more to come. Yeah, so, so check it out. Yeah, if you're interested, go to Third House, check it out, and uh, and sign up. All right, so let's get going. And why don't you kick us off this week? This one feels tailor made for you, pun intended. Wow. Oh my God, the dad jokes. All right, uh, so Amazon, you guys, has announced that they are adding a personal styling service, which is only the beginning, I'm sure. This It's uh, now available to Prime members for $5 a month. You can have a personal stylist um, included in as part of their Prime wardrobe program. So the service just launched right now with women's apparel, but they have indicated that they will be offering the service for men's apparel too in the future. And I imagine um, trickling down through their entire assortment of apparel, um, but it puts it further into the same space as Stitch Fix. And so um, right now you can do the try before you buy seven day wardrobe um, Amazon program. And this will kind of go hand in hand with that. But uh, Stitch Fix stock fell 2.6% following this announcement. So I'm curious if you guys think that's just uh, Stitch Fix time of the month for their stock to drop or if that's uh, if that's a direct correlation to Amazon's new 
personalization. I just have so many things to say about this. Styling. I have to be careful how much time I suck up. Go for it, man. Okay, first it's well, story number one. First of all, reason. I think one of the details that I think that we missed in our, our download was the fact that there are rumors or there's assumptions or reporting that says a lot of this uh, analysis and a lot of the recommendations won't actually happen by real humans. Right. Oh, no. The fact that the uh, analysis is going to happen uh, through their automated systems, I think, is a, is a huge part of, of something to understand, especially when you work in the industry. Right. Um, I think this is absolutely incredible. I'm really angry that it it hasn't uh, gone to the men's side of things yet. Right. Um, for a couple reasons. A, personally, I can't wait to use it. B, I think from an industry standpoint, one of the things that you know we have focused on over the last now 12 months is the fact how Amazon's going to have a really hard time getting into uh, clothing because they're not looked at as a discovery-style uh, platform for, for shopping. They're great for socks, underwear, and undershirts because it's easy to search for. It's easy to purchase commodity goods. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to style, it's really, really difficult to search on Amazon.com or the app or, I mean, Alexa or any of the other platforms for actual style-focused uh, apparel. It, and it's hard for any dot com to really do that. Hence, why Instagram shopping is so so in focus and all that kind of fun stuff. Right. Now, if you completely take the platform and the uh, the I would say the weakness out of the equation and have someone or something recommend the perfect set of products for you, all of a sudden you've I would argue have completely eliminated that barrier to entry in terms of style recommendations. So, how amazing is it for me to to be able to not worry about scrolling Instagram endlessly or heaven forbid go to the mall? When I know that Amazon, who knows you better than you know yourself, has recommended the best products for you to buy and is able to ship it to you the same day and gives you the seven-day money-back guarantee, ultimately, I think that, you know, why wouldn't I get 30 products shipped to my house every single month and then ultimately just put back what I'm not wearing? I completely agree. I think it's amazing. And you're waiting to jump in here. What, what What's on your mind? Well... Here's here's my thought. It's going to go one of two ways. This is either going to be the biggest turd since Amazon Spark or it's going to take off like wildfire. Have you guys actually tried to shop Amazon.com outside of your basics? Well, that's what I was going to say. Before you get before you get way up on that horse. Okay. I think like I think let's bring the audience into this too. I think, you know, after Prime Day, I think one of the really interesting things for for all of us was that we actually started paying a little more attention to Amazon Basics and just what the apparel offering is. I've actually I actually bought some product on that day, and I've actually been incredibly surprised about the product. I've been incredibly surprised about some of the comments I've been getting on the clothing. But and then you do you want to thank anybody for the suggestion that you maybe consider trying Amazon Essentials t-shirts? Yes, you're cotton right. tees. Yes, thank you, thank you're you welcome. for that. You deserve all the credit in the world. But I think what's interesting is you kind of took that to the next level and started to do some investigation to say, okay, like it's great product, but how easy is it to shop for? Which I think is where Carter was going too. So yeah, so please share, you know, what you're thinking there. It's awful. The only way that this will work is if you have bots doing it that can learn exactly who you are. And even then, I I think this is set up to fail. I, I don't think it's going to work. Is that what you're saying though, Carter? Like that this actually gives them a way to kind of create another uh, point to communicate with their consumers outside of the traditional like you know, hunt and peck search path. I, I don't think it's another point, but I think it is, is coming away from the hunt and said, you know, to, to your point, and it is the worst. Like, I think the best example is I think I was looking for tennis shoes once on like right. a, a stylish pair of tennis shoes, air right. quotes here, you know, yeah. it's like, and it was, it was absolutely the worst because, you know, the product, it just doesn't work. Right. But I'm saying that you're eliminating that experience. You're eliminating the experience of searching altogether. 
because they're recommending the perfect collection of products for you each and every month adding not only value in the terms of you know breaking down that barrier so you're still able to use a platform that is a sunk cost you're already paying 140 bucks or whatever it is you know right. a year that we don't even know we just pay right and so you're saying well I'll just stay on the platform shipping it knows me etc all the reasons we love Amazon and I'm going to get the value of of showing me a style assortment, arguably, that could be better than anything else. For five bucks a month, I mean, compare that to like a trunk club or anything else. Yeah. It's nothing. I, I, I don't know. I'm still skeptical. I think that the product's oh. really hard to find. There is good product, but it's difficult. Um, and in this case, I still feel like stylus like the stitch fix model has a leg up on this. I don't even think you can compare the two, to be honest. I think yeah, for right now. Stitch I th- fix is replacing their stylus with their machine learning too. Yeah, but I think stitch fix products assortment is different than Amazon's product assortment too, especially if you're talking Amazon owned brands. I think that it's going to be, I, I don't know. No, we I, don't have to confine it to that universe either though, either. True, true. But I'm, I mean, Given the experience of actually shopping the product pretty thoroughly, trying to find these stylish things that you know you and I are are actually going to wear, that's comparable to what you would get from a Trunk Club stylist mm-hmm. recommendation. I just, I, I don't know. I think it's gonna, it's gonna, like I said, it's gonna go one of two ways, guys. And I, I'm not, right. I'm not gonna put my money on the positive side. Well, so. I, I think here my takeaways from this conversation, I, and you guys had way more thoughts on this than I did, but I think Amazon, if you're listening, and I know some of you are because you write us every week, Carter wants to try this thing out. So let's get this thing going. Oh, I want to try Aaron's it. going to try it out too. I want to try it out. Yeah. So let's get this thing happening. I think customer acquisition is probably the big question here, just because you just don't think about Amazon like this. Right. And then the question is, to your point about like, how does then it actually work and how do you engage? And do you need that personal touch? Can you use human data? Stitch Fix to me is always interesting because they're always playing both sides of that. Mm-hmm. You really don't know who's doing what, even though they play up like they're a data company, but yet they've got all these stylists everywhere doing things as well. So so it's interesting to, to think about how it's going to play, but it seems like you've got to get people into it and then yeah. it's got to be conducted well from a user experience perspective. S- their product, they do have the product to support it. So if you can find the product, I think they do. It it could be like direct to consumer gap. Well, that's that's the thing I should have brought up too, and then we'll move on. But like, I bought, I went and bought basic tees, really good quality basic tees. They were six bucks. Yeah. For how many? For each one was six bucks. I got two for twelve dollars. Carter, I feel like Carter has like a coupon code for being a loyal Amazon. Yeah, I, I, think I, might I say. wish. Yeah. Yeah. I can get you those t-shirts for four dollars. But, but like the Gap, like they're equivalent quality to the Gap or Banana Republic, and those are far, far more expensive. And so I don't know. There's something here, and it's going to be fun to watch. All right, let's move on to story number two. Story number two is quick, but I think it's cool. I think it's important. The Container Store announced their announced their financial performance over the past quarter. A great quarter. Sales ro- net sales rose about 7%. And then also they announced that they're opening up their, a new concept store in Los Angeles. And it's a store built around the idea of helping people design custom closets. Completely new, completely fresh from the ground up. I think it's super cool. It's what we talk about all the time in terms of how to go about doing concept store type experimentation. Curious what you guys think on this. Like, where does I'm, we've never talked really about Container Store? Where does Container Store fit in kind of the oh man the landscape uh, of for both you and Carter in in, in shopping? I went to the Container Store for the first time like six months ago, and my okay. head exploded. Oh <laughs> Why my is god! That? I bet. Both in like like both in disgust and amazement. <laughs> the disgust was 
we now own so many things that there's an entire store just to right. organizing those things. Right. Amazement being like, I want everything in here. I know. Because it makes like, my life feel good. I feel like <laughs> it'd know? be right up Carter's alley. It's like an interesting mix. But I, I was looking at some of the installations. Their installa- e-com business is good too, like, which is interesting. But really? Yeah. yeah it's, that's, see, that's gro- inter- it's growing fairly well. It's a hard category to ship. Too. I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, lightweight, big products. Um, yep. Anyways, I was looking at some of the full-built closets, and I realized that that was like the next level of like adulthood i feel right, right. <laughs> right? You've like you yeah. yeah you've made it when you have a completely custom closet from the container store which costs five ten fifteen thousand oh, yeah. dollars to yeah. outfit your entire closet and uh maybe someday that's what that will be for me but <laughs> definitely not today uh little known fact about me i hate the container store almost almost as much as costco uh why I can appreciate the container store once it's done, but I just, you guys, it's not for me. I can't handle it. I'm like, I definitely need the organization in my life, but it's, I I can't bring my spe- myself to spend that much money on stuff to hold stuff. Like, I, I totally am there with Carter. I yeah. think it's about simplifying your life, and yeah, those containers and stuff make sense, but... I don't know. I maybe it's just my lifestyle. I can't justify spending like sixty bucks on a rack that holds my spices in perfect order. Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's for sure. It's really. I think. I think all three of us kind of live, kind of ascribe to that. You know, minimalist lifestyle too. Mm-hmm. But you know, so it's interesting when you go in there. But what do you think of this concept though? Like, I I really like this in the sense of. It's actually building a store around why you come to a physical place, like and building it around the product categories that you can specialize in that truly differentiate you. It's a higher higher value add to your consumer, to your shopper. Mm-hmm. I give them a lot of credit for trying this, and they've and they've tried a few concept stores now. They had a, a digitally forward one in Texas. I haven't had a chance to see that yet, but you can tell they're out there actually out there experimenting. And you know, despite the trends with you know. Marie Kondo. Kondo. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Does the um, container store bring you joy? <laughs> I, you know, it might. It's cool. But I mean, what do you think? I mean, they, they deserve a lot of credit for this, I think. You can only have as many pairs of socks as fit into your container store sock drawer holder. Uh, I think <laughs> that they took the IKEA approach to like making it more show about showroom. Um, mm-hmm. Before in the container store, it's kind of racks and more of the like the downstairs part of ikea where it's just utility like you're grabbing refill trays or you know things Mm -hmm. like that they didn't really focus as much on showrooming so i think it's a a valuable test for them Mm -hmm. it still feels a little like california closets kiosk in the mall on a like larger scale to me but i haven't seen it so i Mm -hmm. can't say specifically but i think it's worth a try yeah and carter i think you hit on something too is like there's actually this need that potentially people want this right and where do you go for it right like you call the contractor the handyman to do this or but if you know you can go to california closets or go here right and do it like there's something to that so all right well let's move on to story number three so Macy's has announced that they are partnering with Perch, um, whose CEO we had on the show back uh, at Shop Talk a long time ago. Um, Trevor Sumner was on the on the podcast. Yeah, we did. Yeah, like it was like um, last September or something. Yeah. yeah, and so excited to see that Perch has installed an interactive fragrance bar at uh, Macy's in Brooklyn, and they're going to be rolling out to 33 other Macy's locations across the country at the end of June. Um and oh, actually, end of June, that must be a misprint. Um, but apparently, they are going to be rolling out to these other other locations. Um, and shoppers can pick up a bottle of uh, perfume, 
they can smell it, and then they instantly see a digital screen that lights up with information. So Perch, if you're not familiar with their uh, platform, you know they are they've done work with Kate Spade and some other spaces where you know it's really about that in-store experience, picking up a product and being able to either see a video play in its place or um, some way to kind of merge the physical and digital. So Macy's brought them in to kind of enhance this um, this experience for fragrance purchases for their customers, coming on the heels of some of the other digital experiences they brought in store. I'm sure you guys are very familiar with the augmented reality lipstick try on uh application that they had and also the uh vr shopping experiences for furniture that they did with marks in a while back i'm this is sweet like i've been a big fan of perch for a long time and like yeah the way it works is essentially like you interact with a product and that creates some type of digital imagery for you some type of digital experience so i think in like like categories like perfume especially like where you can bring digital images that heighten kind of the sensory perception of what you feel there like what it should smell like the mm-hmm. colors that you associate it with that stuff is important that stuff matters it's in-store theater that i think I think is important i mean i've been a pretty harsh critic of macy's but i want everyone to hear out there that i'm trying to be as magnanimous as possible i think this is a good move i'm glad they're doing this Macy's, I still think you have a lot of issues and there's still things I don't love, but this is good. And so I want to make sure everyone out there hears this, especially you, Macy's. <laughs> wow. That was <laughs> right. That was really empowering. Because yeah, um, I have more to come on you later. Uh, this is like my world times a million. I, you know, we work on concepts like this day in and day out. And I think, you know, we followed Perch really closely ever since the podcast. I think it's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I, I looked up the, the photo as we were doing research for this, for this piece. And, you know, I was picturing in some of Perch's installations in the past have been pretty small displays. For, for for many reasons yeah. beyond Alone, their control. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that is a little bit of an underwhelming experience. It's a little bit too kiosk-like. It's a little too gimmick-like. But these new displays are bigger, mm-hmm. you know, and I think they have them in sequential order down the, the counter. So it's not just this little gimmicky thing in the corner. It's I think they've the really actually uh, transformed the the space in, in, in really unique ways. I, you know, what we love to look at is how, how other industries like perfume can actually transform in ways similar to what, what they're doing at Macy's. Yeah. You know, so yeah. what else could be enhanced through imagery? And I think it's really exciting to think about what else could be done so now yeah what we're not talking about is like the data layer behind it we're not talking about you know other things that you know inventory could change based on interactivity and there's a lot of super cool things that could be done um now that you have these you know these point of sale or not point of sale but experience systems in place um at these now what 30 some macy's locations so um i hope they continue to work i'd also be really curious on the user experience of them how foolproof is it you know Mm -hmm. or is it going to be another you know screen in the corner that might not you know be able to function to the degree that you're hoping to define Yeah, I think they will surprise the Macy's guests. They're not used to experiencing this. They're used to being sprayed by some person in the the middle of the beauty aisle. Uh, But if you look at what some of their competitors like Sephora has the fragrance IQ, like everybody's working on trying to merge the physical and digital experience, especially when you talk about buying perfume. That's a hard thing to do in a digital sense. And so hopefully this will help help increase sales there for them. Yeah, it's a really good point. But it's, you know, this is really their first installation in what I would call like a truly mass experience, you know, Mm -hmm. at least that I'm aware of. And so, yeah, how well Macy's operates around this to make sure that that photo in that press release comes to life the way that this product can. And I've seen their showroom personally in New York. And it's awesome when you really see it in full display and you can really get the sensory perception of the things that digital can enhance. So it's cool. And it's, and it also, hopefully it works because you could see this applicability in other mass merchant settings, whether it be a Target, you know, even a Walmart and probably the right application. Yeah. You never know. But like 
for sure in Target, especially with what they've been doing. In, especially in their, in when fragrances and, and, and yeah, when fragrances and in, in drugstore markets mm-hmm. have to be locked down and attached to a string, mm-hmm. like this allows you some other opportunities yeah, to try totally. to get more of a sense of what that product is like. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Cool. All right, number four, Carter. Was, this one I saved for you oh, because thanks, I think Chris. you might be the first one to do this. Well, hey, hey so as we're all hitting our lag here uh, late in the late in the day here, uh, Starbucks and Uber Eats uh, are partnering to enable delivery nationwide. So this new service is following an 11 market rollout, uh, which just wrapped up. Ultimately, as as the title incurs, uh, the fact that you can now order Starbucks orders from Uber Eats is going to start to be able to be something that's real across the United States. Um, the cost isn't as bad as one may think. So no. uh, there's a 49 cent delivery fee, a 15% service fee, and then a small order fee of $2 for orders that are under $10. Everyone figure that one out? So yep. if we do the math, the standard grande pike which okay. i usually get every morning uh what is like 260 something yeah, right yeah, all right so it'll be under so town, add 15 yeah. percent plus the two dollars you're still looking at a five dollar cup of coffee which isn't horrible delivered to your door without you ever leaving so if we look at the experience that that starbucks is continuing to push whether it's through their app or through order pickup and i think that's something we all love mm-hmm. um Enabling something like Uber Eats into that experience allows you not to even have to visit the store in the first place. Yeah. And when we look at the delivery fee of being like almost under $5, it's pretty incredible to think that that might be something that people start to do day in and day out every single day. And my question is, I wonder if you could order repeat services to say, I would like my coffee to be delivered at 9.15 every morning at this mm-hmm. door. And so instead of it waiting at the bar in front of Starbucks, it's waiting at your uh, front desk with your receptionist as you walk into your office. That only helps you from a logistics perspective. Correct. Right? Well, and that's a super good point. Like, you know, what if what you if you were able to demand ahead of time? You could you could potentially eliminate some of these fees by saying, "Hey, there's nine people in the office right. that right. want the same Starbucks," which actually gives me a genius idea. I'm going to email my office tomorrow and ask them who wants to go in on a group order every single morning of Starbucks coffee. Yeah, that's the only way to do this. I'm going to say. Really? I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm again. I'm skeptical. Like. You also aren't including tip in here, and you have to tip the Uber Eats driver too. So, That's true. so my argument is, also I don't, the, uh, I, I don't see individuals ordering a cup of coffee. So, I think in an office setting, this makes a ton of sense. Is it because of be price, easy. or is it because of just the whole idea is ridiculous to have someone deliver a single cup of coffee? I, I, I'm just curious how. I mean, I'm sure there will be people, but I mean, basically, you're in for for a basic cup of coffee. You're in for like ten seven, bucks. Seven bucks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe around there. All I get in. that. Yeah, I think so, th- there's a there's a fine line between what is worth it and what right, is not. Right. And I think you know we've had some super early mornings here, you know, at Third House, and how yeah. nice it would have been to say, hey, I'd really love a coffee right now. Yeah, and you know we're recording or we're setting stuff up, and to try to get back in your car and drive, even though a Starbucks is really close, like right. that's the barrier to entry to get a cup of coffee at what point in time is that threshold too much in order mm-hmm. to now if it was the three of us once again to your guys point the group thing is fine right but and you're right like what is that threshold i think it all depends on personal opinion and personal habit yes i would say for me it's probably like the six dollar mark mm-hmm. but that's just my personal i think that would be my threshold well, and what's a trend too, right? Like I think I still look, you know, overseas a lot, whether it's, you know, in Asia or even in Europe, like, and, and you are seeing trends around group buying and, you know, the convenience of time and how do you collaborate and work together to make that more efficient. So yeah. like if you actually, you know, in a lot of ways could save yourself a trip to the Starbucks and you could efficiently say the three of us, 
you know, every morning at eight o'clock or just having this delivered for 15 cents and whatever that actually, that actually might work out. Okay. When you start putting all of the factors into how you value your time and what you do. Right. Um, so also depends on the packaging. I was going to say the delivery mechanism about, must be, they've yeah. got to have figured that out in they, some way. They did mention that they're trying to figure out specific packaging to keep things at a yeah. particular temperature to send them from the store. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, I think again for office workers, it makes sense. I'm really skeptical, especially Uber Eats as the partner. That well, was a little surprising. That was the other point I wanted to bring up too. And just for the point of clarity to make sure everyone hears this right too, it's being piloted in 11 markets and they're expecting an early 2020 rollout. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Very I apologize for misspoke. Very important. There. Very important. Yep. Um, but I think that point too is interesting. Like, I don't actually, if I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. And this is important from a user experience design perspective. So I'm curious what you guys think. If I'm actually going to do this, I don't want to do it in the Uber Eats app. Like I want to do it out of the Starbucks app. Yeah. That's just how I interact with Starbucks. That's how I do it. I don't want to go to something else. So I'm a little bit surprised that if you're going to go to a national rollout, you're not enabling that. I'm to not. To be the way it happens. Why? Because why? see if it works first. Yes. Okay. I don't want to build the infrastructure and spend the money when you can find a last mile delivery partner that can fulfill that better in each of these communities that you're testing. Right. What if it doesn't work, though, and that's the reason why? You'll know. Then you got to go all in on your you own just go building your you own app and your own later. infrastructure to you support it. Because Carter really loves it. Yeah. I'm trying to, I mean, 11 market rollout. So some, they've done it a little bit. I'm trying to see what the actual delivery mechanism is. Um, It looks just like the trays. Oh, look at this. A fancy new carrier. Oh, look at that. For all of you audio listeners, it's like a uh, modified version of a carrier that is actually held via gravity um and it could hold two different starbucks but it looks it like looks no, like a sleek taco bell box that's exactly what it's <laughs> like but no one's, but no insulation right yeah, so right. um still a barrier to entry awesome all right all right well let's close it up the last story this one's also exciting this is a technology we've been following for a long time now probably gosh almost four years but walgreens announced late late last week that it will be using voice-based artificial technology to improve its in-store experience. That's right. Walgreens is implementing Teatro's enterprise-wide voice power AI solution in what it plans to be all 9,000, get ready for this number, 9,560 stores. Just a few. Yeah. Now you know where Amazon Go is headed. And the first 1,000 locations are planned to be deployed in 2019, and the rest will roll out after that. So the way Teatro works, pretty simple, straightforward. Basically, you clip something into your ear and you talk to it. And so instead of like the traditional, you know, personal data assistance that you walk around the store with those big guns or like an iPhone or whatever to keep you focused and your head down, if you've ever worked in a store, it kind of sucks because it takes your focus away from people. Instead, now if you need to like locate a product, you can take that product and say, back room, can you please find me this item? And you read the number or where else do we have this item in stock? Can we ship it to the customer? That kind of thing. gives you a whole nother dimension to how you can service people and a whole nother human element to it as well. So I think it's a really cool idea, especially with Walgreens in the sense of they don't have a ton of staff. So you really want, if you're going to have your staff interacting with people, you probably want that interaction to be pretty good. And then you also probably need it to be incredibly efficient because you're just not spending that much on payroll in the front of house. Right. I must have a bee in my bonnet today because I am You're skeptical angsty. about everything. Angsty. You were at this beautiful conference in Florida with all these high-powered executives. Yes. yes. What's going Leaning on? Leaning in. Yeah. I was great. Uh, I don't like the coverage of this story. Okay. It feels like they're talking about 
how they're going to deliver differentiated customer experiences. I saw it like 16 times. And honestly, I can't imagine, like in my mind, what you're saying makes sense, like restocking and just kind of communication among other employees. But I mean, when you're in these stores and people are on these headsets, I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing more annoying when you're like, I, I mean, are you, am I checking out or are you talking to somebody in your earpiece? Like, what is it, what exactly is happening here? This is not the transaction I want to have. Plus, immediately my head goes to like, uh, lady with a baby in aisle eight. And like, how much of my personal information are you sharing? Like, how is that being communicated in a Walgreens? Um, so, I love the technology and the use case yeah. for for back of house, but the front you, of house still needs a little bit of. What did you have at J Crew? Did you have? Did you guys have the, the the? We had a back room. But did you did you do it like through voice or did you oh, have God, to like no. hold the walk? How the well, how old do you think I am? We we no, we had to walk back to the stock room and get all the stuff. There was several stock rooms. We we walked back there. We didn't have any I'm technology not sure age like matters this. Because I'm older than you are. At Gap, we had this, the things you put in your ear and you just talked to everybody, and that was like 1999. But um, yeah, so I'm curious because I and then Target has more, is more of the PDA system. So I was curious what you had there. No, we had no system. We just we had the system of like manual walking back to the back room. It was great. His Morse code. Um, Climbing up rafters (laughs) to try to get product that was on the top shelf. It was great. Here's the thing. uh, With voice, as we know, there is a 90, 95% success rate that you have to meet in order for people to rely on it. And so I think what is going to be huge to the success of this is how much they try to bite off in terms of functionality. Good point. So... If you try to do the whole thing where it's like, oh, just speak the natural language to it and it was going to respond, the chances of that having enough success is going to be pretty slim. If it's looking at basic functionality that will actually add value and ease to the employee, right. they're going to use it. If not, these are going to be a bunch of dusty headsets sitting in a drawer yeah. because they will not be okay with looking ridiculous in the middle of the aisle trying to yell at a voice assistant three times in a row. Mozzarella? Yeah. Diarrhea? Yeah. What do you have? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Exactly. And uh, yeah. <laughs> You're in rare form today. Oh I just think, I think there are some lo- pieces of low-hanging fruit that could easily be introduced. Yeah. through this technology that would be amazing. What would you guys be most <laughs> embarrassed for them to say over their intercom about you? In <laughs> I feel this is the, a great parody video <laughs> of you trying to be discreet when you're asking for something and them yelling through the their condoms. earpiece. <laughs> Where are the condoms? Oh, great. So, uh, all right, on that note, I think we'll close <laughs> this one up. All right, it's been, it was a great week. It was a fun week. Like I said, the stories were a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, we have an explicit rating now. On yeah, that's exactly. Chris's code for I will be editing <laughs> exactly. all of the last part Oh, no, part we'll of definitely this. leave that in because it's our it's a definitely our personality. But yeah, thanks for sticking with us as always. A couple other fun facts. There's a cool post on Forbes this week that looks at Lululemon and their introduction of food in their Chicago store. I took a little of a compare and contrast approach of Lululemon against Crate and Barrel. I think it's worth checking out. I think um, definitely. one of the, my favorite pieces I've written of recent of recent memory and of course as always if you can we really appreciate it if you can rate review and subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already every difference really makes a huge difference for us on that front helps us continue to bring really great content if you haven't checked out will glazer's uh interview uh that we did the ceo of grabango again i've been pumping that hard but it's a really really good interview about where the, the future of checkout for your retail is going Thanks again. I said this in the email to all you subscribers this week. Thanks again to all your support over the past two years. We are definitely moving into a new frontier with some of our new endeavors related to Third House, which we'll be filling you in 
on even more in the future. So as always, of course, be careful out there.